everyone. Welcome back to Finance Fridays. For those of you who are new to this podcast, I'm Taylor. And I'm Mike. And we're both certified financial planners for Mike's company, Altius Financial. As a quick reminder, nothing said in these podcasts should be taken as specific advice, and we recommend reaching out to your financial planning team before making any investment, tax, retirement, insurance, or estate changes. Quick plug for Altius. If you don't already have a financial planning team, feel free to check out Altius Financial. We're a registered investment advisory firm headquartered in Denver, Colorado. That's A-L-T-I-U-S financial.com. Now let's get on with the podcast. For our second podcast, we're trying to think about other relatable topics for our listeners. And we've set our minds on something that almost everyone has done or will have to do in their lifetime, buying cars and paying off cards. Okay, so now some of you are going to comment, okay, well, maybe my parents bought me a car. I don't need to buy a car. Or maybe I don't have any kind of credit card debt. This isn't something I have to deal with. The essence of this is everyone's going to have some kind of big purchase in their life. And I feel cars are kind of the most relatable. On the flip side, if you're having a big purchase, you need to be able to budget for such a purchase. And so you want to look at the other side of that and say, okay, well, maybe you're not paying down credit cards, but you're paying down something. Okay. So Mike, what's your first car experience? Do you, do you want to share about your thoughts? Yeah, I've told you before, it's kind of a funny story. Although you know, I wanted to make a comment. You mentioned, you know, cars and everyone will make that. There are some people who are saying, you know, maybe, maybe I won't need a car in the future. I'm just going to ride public transportation or a bike or whatever. But I think you're right. Most people, want the independence. You know, the American culture is kind of like, uh, I like being able to go where I want when I want. And, and the cars are typically the second biggest, you know, purchase that people make. Um, and maybe even if you talk about all the cars a person might buy in their lifetime, it may be the biggest. I mean, uh, obviously the, you know, housing uh, is one of the biggest, but then usually transportation and cars are the second biggest. But yeah, my first car was, uh, it was a disaster. I, I, I was in high school and I had a job and, and uh, I was, fixated on buying a car that looked cool. And, uh, and I had my dad and my uncle, my uncle was a car guy and they would help me shop. Um, but I wanted to get something that was cool. And, and so I, I, uh, fell in love with this little Fiat, little blue Fiat. And it was cool looking, especially for the time period, but it was a money pit. Um, it wasn't reliable. And I, that, that's the lesson I learned. I mean, after that, I, I remember uh, guys in college pushing me, you know, pushing me around because my car would conk out and, and fail. Um, <laughs> and so my lesson was, you know, the, the, especially for younger people who don't have a lot of assets and discretionary income. My biggest lesson was, you know, the most important thing, if you're going to buy a car is buy something that's reliable. And so after that, you know, I made sure that the, you know, whenever I shop for a vehicle, it was like it, this, this thing had really good reviews and it wasn't going to conk out. And it was even, even though it maybe wasn't the coolest looking thing, you know, so I, so I settled on certain brands of cars that I thought, you know, th this is something I can go with the rest of my life. And I, I have been either a, a Honda or a Toyota owner ever since. Well, and speaking about the reliability, what, what are your thoughts on the new versus used? I know a lot of people are saying, oh, I want to save money. If I get a used car, maybe that cuts off five, $10,000 of the total cost. Do you feel that you can get a reliable car that is a used car? I definitely think people, especially today, I mean, um, you know, all brands have gotten more reliable and, and at the lower end, obviously much more affordable. And so 
uh, if you buy used, you can definitely save a lot of money. But again, you have to balance that to, you know, can you evaluate whether a car is going to be reliable? If you're buying something that somebody else's, if you're taking somebody else's problems, you know, um, but I, I, if I were buying a first car, I would absolutely buy used. In fact, I would probably buy used first few cars if I were a person. Now, obviously, the more discretion income a person has, the more their values are into, you know, vehicles or what they look like or how fast they go or whatever it might be. You know, then they they maybe can afford um, and justify to buy a brand new car. And uh, but I, I actually think it's a good idea to buy used cars. Yeah. Well, and I think it also it kind of depends on what type of car you want. So. Some people are set on, oh, I want an FJ Cruiser. Well, the only FJ Cruiser you're going to get is used anyways. They don't have any new ones available. On the flip side, maybe you're looking for a specific type of car. Like when I was first looking for my Subaru Crosstrek, I think the difference between a new and a used car was maybe $3,000 at the time. And I thought, okay, well, for $3,000, I'd rather not deal with the hassles. So you you definitely want to weigh out, okay, well, is there a better pricing is there a better option based on the specific car you're looking for yeah absolutely and there's there's a lot of safety features so there's a lot of a lot of arguments to be made for a newer vehicle uh and and every purchase comes down to a value decision you know what's important to me the key thing and i think you're going to get to this a little bit later is you know what will i want now versus what will i want in the future those things that we we think we want now you know oftentimes we don't weigh them against what we might want in the future. And, and that's where you get into trying to decide, okay, what's the right amount? What's the right price? What can I really afford? Well, and so going into that, how do you look at how much to put down on a car? Because I know some people will say, okay, well, I have this much in my bank account. That's how much I'm going to put down on the car. If you're looking forward and saying, well, do I really, is this what I want in the future? I don't know that you want to risk that liquidity. Do you have a a gut feel on how much you should be putting down or is well, it based on the value of the car? Or is it based on what you have? You know, you, when you ask what, what should you put down, you're assuming that a person obviously is going to finance a car, right? You're assuming right there that it should be uh, debt. Can they pay cash for a car? Again, that goes back to, okay, what's the price I'm looking for? Uh, what can I afford? So my view is that you don't want to have debt like that. If you can buy uh, something for cash, that's a consumable item, which a car is. A car is not an investment. Now you can make a, a pretty good case that a house over time can be a decent investment because it, it, most houses, most real estate will appreciate over time, but a car doesn't. You know, it, it depreciates the day, the day you buy it off the lot, a, a lot. It, you know, it goes down in value right off, right off the bat. Um, cars do not appreciate. So anything that's a real asset that over time will grow, it's maybe worthwhile thinking about, can I finance this? If it won't, then you want to be careful about how much you're actually borrowing. It's less important about how much you put down and more important you say, okay, if, I'm, if I know I'm going to finance, then what is going to be a comfortable payment and time period for me to finance this car? You definitely talk about 20% for a house down payment uh, to avoid some insurance and other costs and have skin in the game. But it's not that important with a car. I mean, if you can buy a car with no money down and it's fitting your budget, then that's okay. Um, assuming you're going to finance in the first place. Okay. That makes sense. And then another thing to consider is what's a good interest rate that I should be paying. So if I am not just paying it cash, if I have to take out a loan and pay down my car, what kind of interest rate should I be looking at? And obviously the smart answer is, oh, if they're going to give you zero, <laughs> I think if, if they say, oh, this is a one-year loan or a three-year loan and you put X down and therefore you got a 0% interest rate, obviously take as low as you can go. Based on what's average right now, 
I would say Google, because depending on when you're listening to this, you kind of want to check what's going on with interest rates as a whole. If I'm checking today and I'm on Bankrate, I'm, this is not a plug for Bankrate, that's just what I looked at. <laughs> it's saying about 4.2 is an average interest rate. And that also really depends on what your credit is. So if you've got a ton of loans and you're not paying them off right and you're going to collections, they're probably not going to give you that 4% rate. Whereas if you pay, you're paying off everything correctly and maybe you don't have a lot of debt and your credit rating is 700, 800 range, you're probably going to get closer to this 4.24 or even potentially lower depending on the deals that that dealership is offering. Yeah. And that's the thing is if you, if you're looking at four or higher rates, then maybe, maybe you should be thinking about, uh, you know, something different as far as your strategy. Maybe you should be looking at a, a less expensive car. I mean, think about it this way. If you're paying four or plus percent return, what kind of rate are you getting on, on your money otherwise? You know, if you're, if you're just saving money in, in, a, in a savings account or a CD or, or a money market account, what kind of rate are you getting right now? Yeah. Zero, right? So you're, you're getting, so you're definitely paying that full 4%. Now, again, it depends on if you need transportation, if you, if you know, uh, I'm, I'm buying a car and it's, it's part of my overall lifestyle and productivity, you know, because I'm going to a job that really is good and it'll help me, help me buy this car as well as the other things that I want in life. But if you're just saying, I want a new car and I'm going to, I'm willing to pay four or five, 6% interest on it, but it's really just because you want that new car feeling, then it's maybe not such a good idea. And again, we're talking about maybe first time car buyers. Again, it partly depends on the discretionary income you have. But one point I would want, I want to make is that most people who are first time car buyers are thinking about, okay, what, what kind of payment can I afford? Can I get the most car? You know, I've, I've got my eye on this thing. It, you know, the advertising and the marketing has really impa- impacted me. And this is going to make me cooler and sexier and, you know, better on the uh, dating scene or whatever it is versus saying, what are the real costs? And that's something that people don't take into account. You know, when you buy a new car, you, one of the major costs of actually any vehicle over the course of its time is how much you're paying for insurance. Insurance is extremely costly for car insurance, especially for younger drivers. You know, the maintenance or repair that you're gonna, that you're gonna have on a vehicle. And again, that's, you have to weigh that against a used car as well, because you you're gonna have maintenance, higher maintenance and repair likely on a used car. But again, that 4%, if, I, if I'm paying 4% or more, I'm wanting to make sure it's less than a, you know, say a four-year loan. I wouldn't go longer than a four-year loan. And again, that might drive me to put more down if I can. And that might lead people to say, okay, well, maybe I don't want to be paying 4% on this. Maybe I only want to pay two or less. And if I can't get that, I want to pay this completely cash. And so that kind of transitions into, okay, well, if you want to buy something big, you need to have the thing that no one wants to discuss, which is a budget (laughs) and ultimately some savings. And so maybe you've got tons of extra cash flow and you're doing fine and You just put a chunk aside every time you get paid and maybe that works perfect for you. But for a lot of people, there's a list of expenses that come out every month and you've got to say, okay, how do I weigh getting that Starbucks versus I want to buy a car? Or how do I weigh buying that new TV versus I need to save for a future house purchase? Uh, I mean, a bigger uh, picture look at things. You're trying to say, okay, what do I want in the future versus what I really want today? It's, it's that issue of delayed gratification. And, and most of our culture uh, is, you know, about, well, I need this right now. And, you know, sometimes people ask me about, well, in the financial services business, who's your, who's your competition? Is it, you know, online brokers or 
you know, uh, other financial advisors. <clears throat> and I say, no, it's, 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 it's uh, Madison Avenue. You know, <clears throat> it's pe people who are trying to say, you know, you need this thing right now. You need to buy this right now because it's going to make you feel differently. You know, like I said, you're going to be cooler. You're going to be sexier. You're going to be smarter. They're trying to make you say, if you make this purchase, it's going to stay, it's going to change your emotional state right now. And that's effective. We're all susceptible to that. You know, I want that. They're good at, at, at kind of making us feel differently about how we'll feel. But most people realize by the time they're 12, they can kind of weigh things out and go, yeah, I wanted that. I really wanted that thing. And it made me feel great for a short time period. But after that, it didn't make me feel that great. And I kind of wish I had balanced things a little better, a little differently. So that's where I would say, um, aside from sitting down and saying, okay, here are the, the needs, the things I have to pay because that's what I need to live. You've got maybe a mortgage, maybe a rent. You, you've got some, you need to pay for somewhere to live. You need to pay for basic food. You need to pay for your electric, things that you need. And then when you take whatever's left, then you kind of went away and say, well, is going to Taco Bell tonight going to make me happy? You want to look at, okay, what do I have left? And what do I value the most? And if spending something right away to get to fulfill a quick need is going to make you feel fulfilled in your life and it's going to make you happy and feel better, then maybe that's something that you need. But maybe that also means that you'll have less left over to save and therefore you're affecting the future larger purchases down the road. Yep, <clears throat> absolutely. I mean, it's kind of, and, and, you know, there's all, all kinds of analogies that we could use. You know, it's, it's one of those things of, you know, which is more pleasurable, uh, getting up and going to the gym or, you know, watching, um, you know, your favorite sitcom on TV or something or on, on Netflix, you know, something on Netflix, you know, in the short term, it's a lot more pleasurable to just watch the show and be reactive. But most people know if they put some effort into something like, you know, gym or whatever, uh, it has lots better long-term paths for their happiness. And it's the same thing with buying a car or buying something <clears throat> and looking at your budgets and, or on the flip side of, uh, <clears throat> you know, the gym, looking at your diet and saying, okay, it's a lot more uh, fun to, you know, to have a margarita or it's a lot more fun to have a candy bar, but, <clears throat> but actually having a, you know, sort of a budget in terms of my calories or, or you know, what, what is going to actually make me feel better, be more productive, happier over a longer period of time. That's the kind of way we're talking. And I don't think either one of us advocate for never having a, you know, a Snickers bar or a margarita. <laughs> God forbid. But I think it's, it's worth, you know, people, people can say, you know, I want to sit down and evaluate that and, and be deliberative about it and then put certain rules in, you know, that's what we mean by habits. You know, I'm going to have a habit with regard to whether I'm working out or not, or I'm going to have a habit in terms of how I spend my money. You just kind of automate and say, uh, you know, I, I deliberated and I thought about my budget. Now here's how I'm going to operate. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be susceptible to all these other influences, Madison Avenue, the advertisers, because I can, I can say, here's what is a longer term value for me. Yeah. Well, and similar to what you're saying, it, we're not advocating for people giving up margaritas. It's saying, oh, it's maybe save your margarita till Friday. And so you're not having 20 margaritas in a week. You're having maybe a couple on the weekend. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and you could do the exact same thing with your budgeting. Instead of saying, I went out to eat every single day this week, maybe say, okay, I could cut my food expense maybe in half by only going out to eat once during the weekdays and on the weekends or I mean, it really just, it needs to be tailored to the specific person because everyone has different priorities. Maybe your priority is going out to eat or buying that new purse, or you want to adjust your budget to what's going to make you feel the most fulfilled, but maybe do it marginally and say, I'm only going to buy that purse when I have X amount in savings and it's only going to take a little chunk of it, or I'm only going to get Starbucks X amount of days. It, 
definitely you want to tailor those to your to your individual needs. Yeah, and, that, and that's the other part about you know uh, as you kind of grow up, you know, you, <clears throat> I, I've made the point before that little kids are they're not productive, right? They're 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 joyous to have, but they're not productive, and they and they they kind of become more independent as they grow up, hopefully. And they earn things and, you know, obviously in school, they're earning by studying and they're, they're, they're gaining some knowledge and some independence and, and thinking ability to think for themselves. But ultimately they, they have to become productive on their own or they live off their parents. But, but you know, most people will not be happy. I mean, that's not a state of human happiness is to be dependent upon somebody else. So you have to actually achieve independence in some way. And so you have to, get into that, that mode of here's, here's me balance. Here's me in my life, balancing out what, what i what matters to me. You know, it's funny cause you and I've had this conversation <clears throat> and it's hard because I'm, I'm older than you. I make more money at, at least at this point. And sometimes people your age say to me, well, that's easy for you to say, you know, buy, buy a used car or, or, you know, get on a budget and <clears throat> only have so many margaritas or whatever it is. <clears throat> and they're looking at me like, well, you seem like you don't necessarily always, you know, follow that rule because you have more money than I do. It's easy for you to say you can do that. But, you know, in many ways I've earned that, right? I, I have a lifetime of experience and mistakes, you know, the fiat example or, or maybe one too many margaritas, whatever it is. And so that's, that's that experience that you earn over time where you, you make better and better decisions and that does compound over time. And, and then you have more discretionary income and, and the ability to, on the margin have more a more consumptive lifestyle but what's amazing is for people who have that kind of experience it's still better if they go back and you know those original habits they're happier if they actually stick with those original habits that doesn't mean they grew, don't grow their lifestyle or have a little better you know a lot better car or a lot more margaritas or whatever it is but they're happier if they actually stick with those habits that are you know that are long term yeah well and, and kind of tagging on to that you can just say well it depends on where you are in your life and maybe try to live within your life. I, I feel social media has just been crazy with trying to make everyone think that, oh, everyone needs to go to Europe 20 times a year and everyone needs to have a mansion and a Ferrari. And I think it's helpful to note that I don't drive a Ferrari. I'm not a millionaire. I don't have this million dollar house. It's normal people. That's not the mass of society. That's the 1%. And I think it's helpful to just say, okay, well, maybe that's something I want to reach for. And so set goals, get yourself to a point in your career where you can afford to have that kind of lifestyle. But I don't think you need to sit there and go, oh gosh, I'm not doing this right because I can't afford this quite yet. You want to live within your means and say, okay, well, my budget right now is I can afford this, this, and this, and here's my treat for the week or my treat for X amount of times. And like Mike was saying, Maybe what that looks like for me versus what it looks like for him is a little different because we're different ages, different generations, different pay grades, but we definitely both have our own types of budgets to fit within our means. Yeah. I think your point about social media is really important that, you know, there are too many people who, you know, who see images and it's the same thing with, you know, Madison Avenue. And in fact, that is Madison Avenue, right? All, almost all advertising, you don't just sit there passively in front of a commercial uh, on TV, you, but you're looking at social media and they are, you know, in many ways trying to advertise that way to you. And, but it's, it's, you know, how good are you at filtering images? You know, being able to say, okay, that's an image of someone who took a picture and they're, you know, on the, the Riviera with a margarita or whatever, you know, they're, they're having a, you know, they look like they're having a beautiful life and a wonderful time. 
consuming, but is that creating envy or aspiration? And there's a big difference. I mean, I, I don't think, I don't condemn social media or that kind of thing. Um, and it really, you, you said it's just the 1%. That's not true. We all are so much wealthier. For the most part, we're all so much wealthier. You know, this whole idea of, of people, yeah. <clears throat> most Americans are actually really pretty wealthy. Most Americans actually have, you know, in their very pocket, have all of human history's knowledge and entertainment and all the music ever produced in their pocket. You know, this, this is incredible wealth. So we have a lot of wealth, but you know, can we decide what image we, images we see and how, what our emotional response is to that? Do I go, well, I have to have that right now. And I need to, I need to be that way for other people, you know, to, to put a, put a face on, uh, look how successful I am versus, you know, am I really successful in my own mind? And do those images inspire me toward action versus, you know, trying to cut corners and, and act like in one way versus actually be one way? Yeah. Well, and then on a similar note, is trying to be one way, is that really affordable for you? Or is that going to put you into piles and piles of debt just trying to, to look a certain way? Good point. But I mean, it, so kind of circling all the way back, you don't necessarily have to be buying a car to be saving for something. You don't necessarily have to be overspending or taking on debt to be paying down cards. Our topic for today was buying cars and paying down cards which was designed to basically just say that everyone is going to have a big purchase and you, we want to make sure that people are being thoughtful about it. We want to make sure you're looking at what am I paying? How much of my savings am I taking out in order to buy this? Is it something I value? What is the interest rate I'm paying? Should I be paying that kind of interest rate? We, we want you to sit there and question things instead of just going to the car dealer and they say, Oh, you owe 16%. We, I'd rather you go and say, wait, is that the right percentage? Is that what I should be doing? And then on the flip side, the paying down card side of this uh, podcast is where is your money going every day? What, what, it, what are your expenses? What is your budget like? Do you need a strategy to pay down cards? Are you trying to figure out how, how do I fit my lifestyle into my life income? Or are you trying to figure out how do I maximize my savings? And our tip for that is basically just create a budget. Look at what are your needs and then figure out what are your wants. Make sure your needs fit into your day-to-day income and then navigate your wants with what you need now versus what you need in the future. And hopefully you should be able to navigate that without taking on a ton of debt. Absolutely. No, I think those are really good points. And the other thing I would say yeah, again, I think we want to emphasize a balance between future consumption versus uh, enjoying life today. But like, as you're saying, evaluate it and evaluate you know, what is really meaningful to you both today and the future. And the other thing I would say is we know from experience that anyone can save. If you have a, if you have a full-time job, if you actually are working full-time, um, you can save. You can save a significant, you can save 20, anyone can save 10%. Even if you know, even if they have a fairly low paying job, they can decide on the margin, 10% I can put away. They may feel that, they may feel like, you know, in the first six months, it's, it's a difficult thing, but after six months, it'll feel no different than they felt before. And that's, you know, anyone can say, anyone can actually uh, take 10%. If I, if, I, if I could give any one person a 10% raise versus that 10% cut that they might feel like if they're saving, you know, if you're saving, you feel like, oh, that's a, you know, I, I can't consume or I can't, spend that 10% on the things that I want now. It feels like it's a cut, but it's not. It's really for your future. And the same thing is true. If I, if I gave you a raise, you might feel like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing better. Uh, but the feeling that, that, that sort of 
homeostasis emotional point that we're at, six months from now, you don't feel any different. You adjust. And so a person can adjust to a little bit lower pay or a little bit lower consumption by saving some and they'll be so much happier in the future. I definitely agree with that. This has been good. I, I, I think it's been a good conversation. Um, as, are, are there other points that you think we need to make today? I think that that was kind of it. I wanted to keep it short and sweet and hit two major topics and kind of elaborate on those. I hope this is helpful for you guys and for all of our listeners. If you have any other questions, any topics, if you'd like us to go more in depth on a specific detail, feel free to reach out to us. Once again, our website is www.altius, that's A-L-T-I-U-S, financial, F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L.com. And you can just reach the contact button if you have any kind of questions. So Excellent. Thank you for joining us. And we look forward to talking to you next Friday.